Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. Start us off with show notes, Karen. All right. So we have three more events for our Evening with Mediums events at the Hampton Inn on April 27th, August 24th, and December 14th of 2018. And people can get tickets for that by going to the website by sarlo.com. Perfect. Sips of Sanity is a shorter version of Coffee with the Sarlos, so to speak, because it's the two of us talking about what we do and what we learn. There are 10-minute shows, usually, and we have five of them. It's the first week of each month, and they have a theme, and they usually have a point and are very lesson-oriented. Is that a way of good wording it, Kelly? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's at bysarlo.com as well. It is not available on iTunes as Coffee with the Sarlos is. Personal sessions are available for people. They can book with either Kelly or myself. You can do it by Skype, FaceTime, telephone, or in person. And you can also book group sessions with us. And we also do workshops for people. So you can call in and ask us about our workshops or visit the website. Yes, this year, actually in March, we'll be with the Crisis Center. Yeah. So different organizations have called on large and small scales, and we collaborate to create a workshop that's tailored for that specific environment. Yeah, that's wonderful. And we love doing it with people. We have gift certificates available. People can choose any amount that they want and contribute towards a session for somebody. And again, this can be done whether they live locally or internationally. Awesome. So let's let's dive into today's show. Okay. Um, we're going to do Universal Laws again. And today we've picked two new ones. Today we're going to start off with the Law of Honesty. The way that I'd like to begin this one is just to talk about what being honest is. First off, the most important thing I think is to be honest with yourself about what you think, what you believe, and how you live your own life. And sometimes that's the hardest one to look at because we keep focused on how other people are living. Especially if we're fixers or if we're codependent. We don't really see our own lives through a clear lens. We see it through the lens of if I'm being good and serving others, I must be a good person. So honesty comes in. Can you take a look at yourself and see what your motives are in people pleasing others? I loved talking about the universal laws in a show we did a couple back, I think, eh, Kelly? Yeah, about three weeks ago. Okay. So I chose them again. (laughs) New ones. I did. Okay. Because there are so many. And I think people got a tiny glimpse in that prior show about two other universal laws that the law of attraction made headlines in North America. But I really believe it made headlines because it was the the only one that really was written about and put front and center on certain shows. And then certain public speakers grabbed it. Well, and, and it made money. Yeah. The Law of Attraction catered to books where you could write down what you wanted. And that's how people bought into the belief that that's how you manifest things. Yeah. By simply writing it down. Right. And or maybe doing a vision board or they started coming up with lots of ideas about how you could create your own life and that you are the master of it, forgetting that we have a soul 
and a spirit world that is involved with it and that it is intermeshed with our past lives, intermeshed with our future, intermeshed with each other in so many ways. And so the idea of being able to share and explain to people that there are many laws, I think can bring to light, like we said the other in the past show, it, it can bring to light that you need more tools than one law. Remember we used the example about, I think it was like building a house and having only a hammer mm-hmm. and thinking that you were going to have just a smashing house. <laughs> you were just going to be so happy in it and you were never going to have any problems in it if you just use the hammer. That's kind of like the way that you're going to go through your life if you just think there's one universal law and it's attraction and you think you're going to have just a grand life. Well, and I think that's interesting that you word it that way because we also, as a society, used that single law to shame each other and ourselves. Oh, yeah. By saying, you, why are you attracting this type of behavior? Why is it that you think you're attracting no money? So it was people's fault. Oh, why were you attracting abuse? Yeah. What did you do to deserve the car accident? What did you do to attract the divorce? What did you do to attract MS or Or cancer or rape? This became a real form of abuse. So flip side of that today, I hope people are going to sit back with their tea or their coffee if they're driving or whatever they're doing to enjoy the show today, if they're on the treadmill or something. Um, to be able to enjoy learning about some more of the laws. Yeah, and I know it's not on your agenda to cover it today, but for the one, the situations that we just discussed, or mm. listed, I should say, people want, want to look up the law of responsibility mm. because that was severely neglected. Mm-hmm. And when we're shaming through the law of attraction, you're forgetting that that universal law. Mm-hmm. And some of the other ones too, eh? Like when you st- when they yes. start to listen to all of them over the weeks and over the next couple of years as you and I keep going through all these universal laws, which I have to tell you a funny story, Kelly. I was in a treatment and I have to call this person and ask her because I can't remember the name of the law. The spirit guides were making up universal laws and throwing them at me. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And they were like, and how about that for a universal law? And how about that one? And I thought this would be really fun because what's to say that one person gets to bring all this information in and somehow we put them on a pedestal because they write the book. Just Moses. (laughs) Ah, yeah, there are a lot more Moseses out there that people are putting on that same pedestal. So anyway, let's proceed into our next law. And it is the law of honesty. What I love about the law of honesty is that It addresses how honest we are with ourselves. And second to this, but complementary to this, the amount of suffering we do when we don't use this law, when we are not honest, how much we suffer and how much of that suffering. Again, it's not to shame people that you're suffering. It goes with how honest you are. So if you're not honest, are you suffering because of it? So if I'm not honest that I'm unhappy in this job, then am I suffering each day going to this job? Are you making someone else in your life suffer by talking about it and not doing anything about it? Oh, that's a good one with relationships because how often do we stay in a relationship with somebody, a partnership, I'll say a marriage or living together because there's different types. 
And because of our dishonesty and not being able to say to the person, I'm not happy with you and we have to change this, we have to work on it, get help or get out, get help or get out. I'm saying that twice because a lot of people won't get the help Mm -hmm. and stay and think it will change on its own. Well, how the hell is that going to happen? It's not. And and so we're really not being honest with ourselves that we're just not going to tell our partner I'm not interested in working on this relationship. I'm telling you, I'm doing nothing. And the other person doesn't want to sit in their honesty of looking at the partner and going, I hear you saying one thing, but I see the truth is something else. Mm -hmm. And because I don't want to believe the truth, I'm going to sit in your dishonesty and my own. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to blame you when I'm not happy. I won't blame myself. I won't take responsibility myself. And this is why the laws are great because they always feed into each other. And I think as we go through the weeks of people listening to them, they're going to be able to hear as they go through each one, how they're becoming more and more familiar with each of the laws. And then the invitation, of course, to the listener is, are you actually working that in your own life? Right. Are you actually noticing, paying attention to when you talk to your spouse and they say, I love you, but go off and do something and like, say you ask them to go to therapy and they say, I don't believe in that. And you say, would you read a book about this? I'm not a reader. Well, would you read a paragraph? No, I'm not interested. You read it and tell me what it says. Well, that's in direct conflict with I love you. So you have to be able to hear the honesty in that. Mm-hmm. And quite often, you and I know, honesty is silent. Yep. Honesty is something you have to observe. Honesty is something you have to follow with your own intuition. Honesty is something that you have to see in the person's actions or lack of. Can we get into people pleasers a little bit? Because we all know now that they're some of my favorite topics. <laughs> Yeah. And examples for people uh, to listen to. So with the law of honesty, people pleasers, I'll say avoid themselves at all costs. Yeah. I, and I find this really interesting because I know quite a few who say, I'm a really honest person. I know, like, I know I people please, but I'm a really honest person about it. And what do you say to that? Well, it sounds that you're being honest about being a people pleaser, <laughs> but it starts and ends there. Good for you. Because the rest of that can't be true. Yeah. But it's interesting, though, that they can't see that for themselves, right? I don't know. I I do do you think they're flat out lying? I do believe that some people don't see it for themselves, where they are brought up to believe that that is honesty. But I I do believe the majority of people understand that that's dishonesty. Because mm-hmm. they feel and know and hear the no in their head. And then they they do something that conflicts with what they actually want or desire or need. And they call it honesty because they're pleasing someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think some of them get so trained to do it that it's automatic. And that's the part that's dishonest. Yeah, and I think when, they, when the people-pleasing becomes your identity... You think that giving is who you are and that's what makes you honest. Mm. And that would be the false statement Mm -hmm. or the false belief. Mm -hmm. 
So I wrote down some questions, or some things rather, that people pleasers do that are dishonest, and that they don't ask themselves things like, what do I want? Or what do I need? Or what do I think? What do I feel? What do I believe? Can we go back to what do I think? Yeah. Because I, I believe that a lot of thoughts continue with, I think they'll be mad if I don't. I think they'll appreciate if I do. But the I think is followed up with somebody else's reaction or an anticipation of it. Mm-hmm. That's not an evaluation of your own thoughts. That's anticipating how another will behave and how it will affect you. And it's guessing because you yeah. have to guess at it. You might think, no, I don't. It's like that every damn time. And if it is that that stops you, then once again, you're not facing your own honesty. Yeah, I know. But I wanted to focus more on confusing what your own thought is. Okay. Because I think people need to be able to separate those two concepts Mm -hmm. to even finish their own thought before they anticipate another person's. Well, they would need time to do that. Yeah. They would need to slow themselves down. Yeah. And in our podcast, I believe two weeks ago, when we were talking about leaving a narcissist, that was one of the the very great points that you made is that narcissists steal your time. Mm. Because if you have time to think, then you have time to defy them. Mm -hmm. But... We won't go that deep into this one. So mm-hmm. go on about the law of honesty. Okay. I guess, you know, the next thing that comes to my mind as we're just talking about that is the amount of self-love that's involved in being honest. And the emptiness, the sadness and the anger we feel when we don't take the time to be honest with ourselves about what we think or what we feel. All of those things we just talked about. That we miss out on opportunities for self-care. Self-identity. And then we wonder why we don't have self-confidence or self-esteem. And if somebody's sitting here listening to that and they they have a child with low self-esteem or self-confidence, then how do you how do you support them? How do you reverse all of this? And I guess one of the things that I think is just screaming out at me is give them time. Don't take time from them. Ask them questions and let them slow down their own thinking so that they have the right to express that. Don't cut it off. Well, I want to ask you too, what's the tool in there? Because you're saying if you have a child with this and you have to give them time, most people will say, well, what do I do with this time? Well, you have to teach them how to think by asking them questions. You have to allow them a process to self to self assess. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. So even if you're watching a TV show, taking a moment to say, "Do you and are you enjoying the show? What does it make you feel? What makes me feel sad? Does that still mean that you're enjoying the show? Yes." So they can feel sad, but still enjoy something. Mm -hmm. So they can understand that complex feelings are still healthy. And purposeful. Yes. Good. Mm -hmm. What do you enjoy about the show? What makes you sad? Does the sadness last? 
Does it pass away? How do you feel when it passes? It's to break down and ask wonderful questions so that a person, especially a young person, a child, can feel comfortable in a process of questions. Because eventually they will learn to ask themselves those questions when a parent or someone else asks them repetitively. I like watching the oldest siblings do this for the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Where you see the nurturance come out and they mm-hmm. want they want to pass on the same questions, the same thing they've enjoyed from the parents yeah. to their younger siblings. Yeah, and it can go back and forth between parents or if you're a single parent, you and a friend. It can be you and the teacher, how you engage when you're with your child and their teacher. That's a great teachable moment as well. If there's a conflict, how do you present yourself in a conflict with their teacher? Are you calm? Are you honest? Do you take the time to think? If there is no time because the teacher is too busy, do you say to the teacher, can we have time to sit down and talk? Do you show your child that you value it? And that you actually ask those questions so you're setting them up for successful conversations and successful problem-solving communication. All of this, Kelly, comes back to connectivity, right? If you know what you think, if you know what you feel, you're connected to yourself. Once that is a strong thing that you repeat day after day, minute after minute, you have a strong individual. Not a bully, not a narcissist, not a people pleaser. You have a strong human being which is really something society should value. But unfortunately, we do not. Well, no, they're not easily controlled. Yeah. I, uh, for whatever reason, I know we default to a lot of parent examples. And I always like to bring it back to the workplace as well. So I enjoy mentioning that if the job or the career is not something that you're thoroughly passionate about, but your honesty comes from a place of that it the money from the job allows you to do things that you love afterwards or provide for a family that you enjoy spending time with then the honesty in that sense can be enough where you're finding mm. your value in the job you mm-hmm. understand that you are purposeful might not be something that you thoroughly love but perhaps you love talking to your coworkers being at work the job part is just the job And you walk away, you leave work at work, and you enjoy the time that you have in your home Mm -hmm. or with your your friends in your social life. I don't ever want someone to think that everyone in the entire world has to be absolutely in love with their job every day. Mm -hmm. Very few of us are fortunate to say that. Mm -hmm. And some of us have multiple jobs where we only really truly love one and the others provide the support for the rest of our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And And I say that because I don't want you or any one person to think that just because you have to have a job that you don't enjoy, that it makes you dishonest. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because there's there's shame in that. Yeah. If we've been demoted, if we've come back from an injury and had to start out at a base level again, there's so many. Yeah, there's so many different reasons why we are where we are. Mm hmm. And I think you can find honesty in many different ways and how you approach and perceive what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I remember being in one job where um, I I didn't enjoy the duties of the job, but I 
took it into my own head that I was going to make the most out of enjoying working with the people, those two people that I was working with, and that I wanted to make the most out of who I was and learn everything I could in that job. Yeah. I, I wanted it to be, what can I learn from each of the clients that come in or the people that came into it uh, for whatever purpose that they were there? Uh, whether it was even speaking to people where I was ordering something on the phone, I wanted to learn about my own behavior. How was I problem solving problems? Could I get better at it? The job itself held not a lot for me, but I wanted to make the most out of everything I could before I was going to move out of that job. So I also had it in my head that it wasn't going to be a forever job. Yeah. And that's important for some people to hear too. Some jobs are not forever jobs. And that was something that could sit within me, honestly. I knew this wasn't going to be a life where I was going to have one career and retire and do that thing that some people can do, and that's fine. I had to recognize at one point in my life that wasn't my path. That wasn't it. And I had to be, I had to figure out then what was I going to do with me in each of the jobs that I was in. I like your example. That's yeah. great. Because I think for people who sit listening to this with no children mm-hmm. or perhaps no partner mm-hmm. or whatever combination, we still need to understand where honesty comes from. Mm-hmm. If it is in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. And it's okay to say to people, I don't like the job. I I remember um, how I met your mother. A wonderful TV show, absolutely hilarious. And Marshall, one of the characters, just he felt like he was selling out being a corporate lawyer because mm. he wanted to be an environmental oh, yeah, lawyer. Yeah. And he made a plan that he wasn't going to complain when he came home. And so his wife, Lily, would ask him how his day was. And he would go, my chair twirls. <laughs> and he would focus on something that yeah. he that he liked or yeah. he could compliment or just comment on. Right. Um, that where it didn't turn into a slew of complaints where he just focused on what was awful about the day. And of course, in a sitcom, they make it a little bit more dramatic. But the point being, there are still things that we can focus on. Like, yeah, I learned about an ordering process today. I learned about insurance billing today. Mm -hmm. I learned about some different processes that you may or may not carry forward with you, but may help you in a conversation with a friend down the road. Oh, I remember too, just working on who I was in the job how I responded in the job, working Mm -hmm. on my own personality, my own traits, where I was stuck in certain things or behaviors. If I was afraid of, oh, God, Lord, I was such a people pleaser. I was so afraid of confrontation. And now, of course, I have to be able to call companies and say, you know, you owe money or whatever it was. And I had to deal with confrontation. So I mean, I'm just sweating by nine o'clock in the morning, I could have brought five tops to work to change that day. And I had to learn why I was afraid of confrontation. There was the self-honesty that I didn't have the emotional intelligence or those the tools and all of the qualities to be able to deal with somebody who was bullying me. Mm-hmm. I had to be honest enough to know that that also was about my family, that that was also about that I let family members bully me. I let people in my own home bully me. I let friends bully me. It was rampant in my life because I didn't have the tools. So once I got honest enough with myself that I was the one that was lacking those things, 
I'm the one that picked up books, podcasts, TED Talks, um, anything that I could think of, talking to as many people as I could about raising my intelligence. But that came from the first step of being honest with myself that I was lacking something. Mm-hmm. Not putting it on everybody else, but what, what was I missing? It's no longer my parents' fault that I wasn't given those tools. I'm an adult. It's now my responsibility. And that, that's that piece of honesty to say, I'm at an age, I'm at a place in my own life where it's my responsibility to address these things with honesty. Mm-hmm. And only at that point am I now empowered to get those things. This is a perfect example of what people call an energy block. Mm, I like that. And the reason I say that is because I've had clients come in and book appointments and say, um, I hear you remove energy blocks. Yes, we do. I'd like you to take mine out. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute of you. <laughs> so you they, learned a different language. Yeah. Like, oh, you, oh, you studied Reiki or therapeutic touch and you read a couple of books about chakras and energy. And now you're walking around with the language that you've got a block. Or that and, your aura is off. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and it goes back to these cliches where we don't actually know what it means. So yes. when you sit down in your in your chair, Karen Sarlo's chair, and she says, well, be honest with yourself. You're not really anticipating that that is the removal of the block. Oh, Kelly. Or the attempt at extraction, however you want to word that. Yeah. And it's it's it goes back to, as you said, the cliches or reading some books, because I certainly don't want to pick on all authors or all books, where not enough is explained. Terminology is used so you get a general idea that something is wrong and you got to fix it. And now if you're buying into this, you have to go get this. And that's why I think science makes fun of the energy healing. Yeah, you have to carry stones in your pocket or feathers or you Mm -hmm. have to buy natural elements to burn Mm-hmm. And they don't truly understand what we really are doing with the energy work. They don't really truly understand that it goes to this level that you and I are talking about. So if you walk in and you have a general session of energy healing, and there is no conversation, it's very difficult to, for people to walk out with a different tool and think, okay, I had my block removed. Right. But what's going to happen when I go right back out and repeat the same mistakes Mm -hmm. when I go into the same relationships or job or talk to the same kid or the same husband or the same girlfriend or guy friend or hit the same hockey rink and the same problem is in front of me how come the block isn't removed well I would say it's the same damn thing as when you go to a doctor and say I'm depressed or I'm grieving and you get a prescription and you keep taking it You're never dealing with the issue. In both situations, you have to get to the bottom of it in this way. I think the universal laws and just how they're discussed and talked about and how we have to actually live them, incorporate them, means that once you do, then your energy flows. Then you have all of your chakras open. 
You can't go up to an energy healer and say, have all of my, my energy centers balanced for me in this half hour booking, please. So I can go out and all the blocks in my life will be gone. This, and this is why I so heavily pick on um, when people say I want to feel calm, serene, happy, balanced and aligned. And they don't choose a difficult word like honest. Mm-hmm. Those other feelings aren't possible. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the North American idea that if I just go in and spend half an hour on the table and they do it for me, then everything will change for me and I won't have had to do any work or change. But I also don't get any benefits. And we're talking about that when you sit within your own honesty, there are benefits. They're innumerable. Yeah. It's that house that's built with more than a hammer. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, now you're talking about that it has a real foundation. I didn't say that, but we can assume it when you're getting the tools. (laughs) Yeah. But honesty is one of those tools in the relationship. Yes. And we want it with a partner. We want them to be honest with us. Not really, though. But that's a different show. That's true. That's true. So let's say some people want other people to be honest with them. Honey, does this dress make me look fat? Oh, yeah. Right there. Yeah. And that's just one example. No, that's true. The law of honesty extends. Mm -hmm. We're talking about self-honesty. Yeah. We can do a different show at some point. So true. When we're ready to actually demand that of others or desire it from others. Yeah, because if you really do want, okay, I can give you an example of this, Kelly. I made the comment about liking my legs because I'm working out more. Mm -hmm. And then I paused and I thought, am I really being honest with myself? There's cellulite in them. (laughs) Okay. Because my age, but also... Your heritage? Yeah. Biology, I guess a couple of things. However, with going to the gym, they're changing. They're muscular. So I do like the look of them. However, are there some aspects of them I don't? So if I'm going to go up to someone else and say, do my legs look good? I need to be honest enough with myself to know what they look like truthfully. Yeah. And be truthful that there are mus- there is good muscle in them. But if there is also some cellulite, then if somebody else says, well, yeah, if they look good for your age, that I have to say, okay, thank you. That's honesty. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think you and I are a good example where we do that for each other a lot. Yeah. And you were painting your nails the other day after oh, yeah. trying to take biogel off. Yeah. And you picked a very translucent color. And I said, mom, those look awful. Yeah. And you went, oh, yeah, they do. Thank you. And but... I can be honest because I know that you do it for yourself yeah. and that I know in anticipation your reactions are always kind and kind and reflective when I'm offering you that honesty. Oh, say that again for people to hear that. I know that your reaction is always kind and reflective when I am providing that honesty for you. And on top of that, they can let that part sink in and hit pause if you're hitting play now, I also know that if you misinterpret my honesty, that I will be met with a question. Yeah. A kind, reflective question in an example of what did you mean by that? Or which part were you referring to? And I might say, oh, well, the color that you chose is nice, but the underside of the nail didn't come up well, so it looks chunky. 
mm-hmm. right? So it's not that you go, well, I'll pitch that color out. I can never wear that again. She said, it's ugly on me. Mm-hmm. There's no misconstruing the whole truth by focusing on one piece. And that comes from me working for years on yourself, on myself about being hypersensitive to criticism. Yes. Which came from a whole history. I'll just say a whole history for people. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And that also comes from me being a partner who works on articulating exactly what I mean. I could have walked up and said, your nails look like shit and left it at that. So which part are you supposed to focus on at that point? Mm -hmm. Right. Then you're left to guess. But my job in being honest and being kind is to say that color looks good, but here are the details that that were overlooked. Yeah. And hopefully this little example about nails gives people an idea of how to speak to others, how they want to be spoken to, Mm -hmm. and that if they're not being spoken to by someone else, that maybe they can hold this example in their head Mm -hmm. so that they can catch themselves. Because if there isn't gentleness and kindness with honesty, it's very difficult to take. It's very difficult to grow in it yourself because you have to have that gentleness with yourself. So I want to make two more points and we're done honesty and we're on to the next law. One point is, is that when we are not being honest with ourselves, we create karmic debt. Oh, this is good. Because so many people know the cliche of karma, but sorry, the word, but not what karma is. That's right. I find a tremendous amount of people misunderstand karma. So here's one way of seeing karma. If you are, if we are not honest with ourselves, we are the one creating the karmic debt. A lot of people think another person is creating karma when they do something shitty and it hurts us. And we hope revenge is going to get them. That is not karma. Karma is when we are not honest with ourselves. That is the debt we create in that moment with our own dishonesty. Because then the universe has to come back and give us more and more opportunities over and over again to help us and give us chances to set it right. Which is the contract. That's correct. Okay. It's the contract between us and our own soul and the contract between us and and another human being and another situation. That karma then sits in our energetic field from life to life. That is something that you and I look at when people come in and ask us to read the contract with our our own souls. I still love when you do air quotes on our audio podcast. (laughs) Oh, true. No one can see them, but okay. So this is what people who book an appointment and come in and say, what does my soul want me to know? That's one of the things Kelly and I look at is your karmic debt with yourself. What things are you being dishonest about? And are going to play out again in the future. That's part of the psychic reading. When people come in and say, I'm here to find out about my future. And they don't really understand what they're asking us. They might, some people want a psychic reading that says, is she going to have kids? Is she going to have a car accident? Is she going to get that job? That is a type of psychic reading. But this is also another type of psychic reading that you and I have the gifts to do. Yes, I shouldn't have yawned at that part. That was dis- <laughs> that wasn't connected. That's okay. <laughs> tired is tired. When we are not, oh, honest- I like that you said that. 
I like that you said tired is tired because I think that fits in a lot of the laws that we're talking about again. Oh, yeah. Well, it is. It is just honest that you're tired. It's okay. It is what it is. Okay. Okay, We can continue. Yeah. Well, I think there's a kind like, I'm glad that you paused for that, though, Kelly, because someone's listening to this and they hear the pauses and the kindness. And I hear this a lot from people who say they love the podcast show that we do. Part of the reason that they listen to us is because of the kindness. Mm, It is because of the respect that we have for each other and that we've learned to have for ourselves. Well, and I think hopefully in that they're hearing that we really do listen to each other. Mm -hmm. So while you're off and on to your next point, I'm still reflecting on something lovely that you've said. Mm -hmm. Oh, Kelly, I was, well, you know, every time I laugh, okay, I'm going to share something personal. When I'm laughing, um, I put my hand up so that people will stop talking because <laughs> yeah. I need to laugh. Yeah, I have to feel the the humor go through my whole body because I enjoy it so much. Also, I don't want them to keep talking because if they're going to make me laugh more, I want to laugh longer. So I want to feel everything go through my body when I laugh. So it's like, no, give me a moment. To the point where she actually pauses TV shows gets up and walks around the entire house into each room and continues to laugh and then returns and hits play. Yes. That's correct. People are going to try that. I do. Maybe that will be a pulling a Karen. So sometimes my half hour show is my 45 minute show if it's funny. (laughs) If it's funny. That's good. So just going back to tired is tired because fatigue comes from understanding and learning and implementing these laws. Oh, yeah. And I think it's cool maybe that Jan came serendipitously because that is another thing that needs to be discussed. I know on a summer day, Mm. I will say, oh, am I ever tired? But I'll say, oh, but like that good, long, I've been in the sun, summer tired. Mm versus when you come home maybe still on a summer day from a long day of work and it's been grueling mentally Mm. and it's like I'm tired in my bones tired and I think it's good to express and well evaluate and then express the types of tireds that you end up feeling because to walk up to a partner day in and day out and say I'm so tired may get draining for them to hear and confusing right? Because they don't know how to troubleshoot. They don't know how to help you. You're not helping yourself or it doesn't seem that way. But if you came in for 31 days in July and said, I'm tired, but that good summer tired, Mm -hmm. how happy would they be to hear you say that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's, there's so, so much beauty in articulation. Oh yeah. I think it's partly one of the reasons you and I both wanted to do a podcast show. And it's also the reason I wanted to start a card company. Mm. Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. eh? Well, and honesty puts us in alignment. It gives us our our alignment with our own spirit. It gives us alignment with our contracts with other people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those are hard because if it's honesty, and it's a brutal one, or it's a it's a challenging one, then you're still in alignment, even though it's a challenge. You have to be right where you are in your shit, learning, working, suffering, or maybe not suffering, just working hard and trying to get through something. But there's something to be said when there's honesty underneath it all. When we're not honest, this is the last point I wanted to say. When we're not honest, we're we're being manipulative. We're whiny. We are avoiders. 
We are misleading. Hmm, I like that. We are deceitful. We are withholders. I like that you've said the same thing in like six different ways, because I think a lot of people will never, ever self-identify as manipulators. But the fact that you just brought in three other words to describe it, they might understand and be able to accept that I, I misled someone, mm-hmm. but not want to go to the extent of that it was out of malice, which is manipulation. Mm-hmm. We are evasive. We are indirect. We are overly kind. We are silent. Fear stops us from being truthful. I think all of the things that you just listed go back to uh, contributing to being time stealers. Yeah. Which is something that you've brought up in other podcasts and actually really channeled a lot of people that have said I was a time stealer. And especially with that narcissist podcast that we did a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I, like I that. still remember to this day the first dead man that told me he was a time stealer. He was such a significant game changer for me in my life. Which I really think over the last 56 years of my life as Karen. How many significant game changers were dead people for me? So many. Far more than the humans. Well, that that was a funny statement. Yeah, that's what I'm reflecting on. <laughs> There's so many things in that sentence I never thought I'd hear when I was in school. <laughs> anyway, okay, so yeah. then are we switching now to the second? Yeah, the universal law of faith. Okay, and not that it's the second law, it's just the second one in our podcast. There are piles of universal laws. I know, I'm just being clear so that if people are writing yeah. things down and taking notes, that they're not confusing this to be in any kind of order oh, we've no. taken we've taken some and well you've taken them and outlined them where they go very very kindly together they mm-hmm. complement each other well um, oh I struggled with that though Kelly because with so many of the laws I find that they're so integrated and they have to be because of course they all make up a human experience right right so they have to be integrated that quite often and as I said that point at the very beginning of this people are going to start recognizing more and more of the laws as they go through more of the podcasts. So say at the end of 10, they might go back to the first podcast and realize that we were actually talking about all 10 Mm -hmm. in the first one, when we were only really trying to say two. I know that because I know, I know dozens of universal laws. Mm -hmm. However, I think there's a joy in learning them in twos. (laughs) I don't know why. I accept. Yeah. Our next universal law is the universal law of faith. And this one comes nicely with the one that we just talked about, about truth, honesty, the universal law of honesty. This one again is, do we have faith in ourselves? Hmm. If we don't have enough faith in ourselves, then we will always allow ourselves to be controlled. We will always look to science. We will look to religion. We will look to a government. We will look to... Outer. All the outer sources. We could say so many. We could say the media. We could say social media or or singers or artists. Experts, gurus, all kinds. 
the list goes on and I think people need to hear the list sometimes. They do need us to say the guru or the the like do you mean the public speaker? Like the yeah, motivational speaker? Absolutely. Guru? Where oh, okay. which whatever realm of the earth you're coming from. And, yeah. how, and how they're referred to. I thought this was really neat because I'm a big advocate for Danielle Laporte and a lot of her writings. Mm-hmm. And she just came out not too long ago with her uh, her book called The White Hot Truth. And mm. her whole the whole premise of the book is really to say that it essentially this, if you don't have faith within yourself mm. and you're not going inward to find it, then you will inundate yourself with all of the outer. Oh, this is it. You'll go from one to the next. And they all contradict each other. Yes. Because they're not you. That's right. So you're going to always be challenged with, do I believe what this religion says? Oh my God, I ran into somebody the other day and they said to me that they were uh, trying different religions. They were going to all these different churches trying to find our religion. They were just going from faith to faith. And this is a perfect example of somebody not being able to go within to find enough faith within themselves to figure out their own belief systems, their own core values. Instead, they're literally going from religion to religion to see which ones they can buy into. That seems like a time stealer to me. Isn't it? I just thought it was really interesting when they said that to me, point blank. I said, what's new? Oh, we've been shopping for a religion. And I want to be clear. I think it's a time stealer because of the point that you made that they were finding a religion. Mm Mm-hmm. Had the approach been to go up to all the smorgasbords and say, I like that deity and I like that concept and I like this one over here and to kind of morph them all so long as they make sense with love and kindness, then cool. That's a really great research project in figuring out what resonates with you and how you want to live your life. But to go in and say, I want to find a religion, time stealer, dishonest. Yeah, I think so. I like how you worded it, too. And at some point, that brings into unkind. Yeah, and this person is dragging along their spouse who doesn't believe in religions, and they're dragging along, she's dragging along her child Hmm. to find a place because she believes they have to belong to something. But not to each other? Just saying. Yeah, okay, neat. Just saying. It, it's it's great that you're... A- and you know what, Kelly? It's great that you're asking questions. Oh, yeah. Because if somebody's, somebody might listen to that and go, wow, that sounds like me. I did not realize that I didn't see it in that way. And it might not be that they bounce from religion to religion or they went to one and then maybe uh, a partner came along and they joined the partner's religion to be able to say, I can get married in that church because that's the rule. Because some churches have a rule. In order to get married here, you have to become one of us. In order to teach in our board, you have to become one of us. That's right. You're not allowed to work for our school board unless you come to our church. These are all by our rules. We control your life, including what you think and believe. So come back to the universal law of faith as opposed to the human belief of faith. The law of faith comes right down to going it within what you truly believe this is the honesty so give me some examples because what we talk about a lot is how this can be a cliche if someone says i'm spending the afternoon going within what are they looking for well i think you have to go within each every and every moment 
You don't just sit down and do it in an afternoon. That's bullshit right there. Great. And what are they You're doing? You're better off to go for a walk and figure out what you believe in nature. You're better off to just sit, to really, some people joke, go to the, the religion of the gym. You're better off to sit on a treadmill and actually get down deep inside yourself and figure out if you're bullying people. Ask yourself if you're a narcissist. Ask yourself if you're people pleasing and why. Going within means that you have the tools to ask yourself good questions. If you don't have those tools, get yourself a good book. Get on the internet and look up emotional intelligence. Buy the books. Download them. Listen. Go to a counselor. It's about getting real with the questions. And taking action with the questions. I love that. And that's my point in, in probing you because so many people use that as this spiritual term of I'm going within or I really feel I need to go within, but they don't know what they're asking. They're breathing, which is great. But after that, how are you behaving? Yes, it religion means that you have to implement it in every activity of your life, not the one hour you're sitting in that church or building, whatever it's called, synagogue. There's all kinds of different terms. I shouldn't say church. It can be anything. But faith means that you take the time to know what you think. It means it. you take the time to know really truly and honestly what you think and that it's sorry not what you say you think and then you live the opposite of that so when you said actions as well that's what i'm saying they have to reflect back on do my actions and my words go together and i want to add in congruency and consistency because if you if you believe one thing in one situation but you can excuse the behavior in a different then that's not a faith. That's convenience. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Do you have more to add? I do. I have a couple, Kelly. I want to make sure this doesn't come out as a cliche. There's some people would say, well, everything that happens has a purpose, but we truly have to mean that. We can't shoot the messenger. If everything that happens truly happens for a reason, do we really mean that we believe that in the truest sense of over all of our lifetimes? Or do we mean only when it's good? Oh, I've said, well, everything happens for a reason. And that reason was my stupidity or my ignorance yeah, or my absentee mind in that moment. Or, or how about my dishonesty with myself? Yeah, I don't. And, and if we're going to say that everything happens for a reason for our higher purpose, then perhaps it is to learn that you were absent in that moment. And that's what happens. Yeah, or that you're dishonest in that moment with yourself. And that's what happened. I was yes. dishonest with my husband, that I stopped loving him. I was dishonest that I started disliking this job. Or I was dishonest with this friend that I wasn't enjoying her company, but I just kept hanging around in this friend group because I wanted the group. Yeah, I was dishonest with myself because I was scared. I want to belong. My fear of not belonging surpasses my level of honesty. Love it. Just did a coaching session on this yesterday. Oh, God. really? Yeah, it's devastating. And oh, I think people yeah. need to hear that because it's not just, it's not an aha that you see on Oprah where it's fluffy and, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not picking on Oprah. I love her. But it's, it's a devastating thing that you have to realize. Mm-hmm. That when you thought your your biggest priority was being honest, belonging actually sat up top. 
uh, your yeah, your desire or your your desire to belong or your fear of not belonging, say to your own family, or or fear of not belonging to a certain. Maybe it's a group. Maybe you're you're in a profession where you feel your identity is tied into that profession. And we won't pick on any. I don't want to pick on a single pick one. Pick on of magicians. Them. Magicians. Yeah, why not? Oh, how about psychics? <laughs> I wasn't putting them in the same category. Okay, I'm just teasing. shoot ourselves in the foot here. <laughs> but it could just simply be that you have a fear of not belonging to the family. Yeah. So what am I going to do at Christmas? Maybe I'm okay with it the whole year, but Christmas I lose my shit. Yeah. Because, or, or Thanksgiving, maybe I lose my shit three days a year, Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, because those are the three times I'm supposed to have a sense of belonging. And if I don't have it, I, I go into a depression or an anxiety. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of the year, I can be honest with myself that I don't like my family and I don't want to be part of it. Yeah. So I, I have to learn to cope and self-soothe and I have to raise my EQ for those three days of the year mm-hmm. because for three days do I want to sabotage the other yeah, 362 back yeah right those are the two universal laws I wanted to share with people today mm-hmm. and I hope that it allows people to question themselves So if you're sitting down and you're just writing the questions that Kelly and I have thrown out during the this chat today, that maybe the questions are something that are going to help you or maybe one one example really sunk to you about where you can catch yourself in dishonesty, or maybe the whole thing about that my fear of not belonging is the is what's killing the honesty within myself. Because the bottom line in all of this is that if we do not trust ourselves and our own intuition, and that's another in universal law that's coming, we really have no basis for our thinking, our beliefs, and our experiences. We're always in someone else's reality, and we're not in our own. Okay. Thanks for today. You're welcome. I'm so enjoying doing them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be quite fun as the spirit world comes in and makes up new ones. <laughs> we'll, we'll preface those shows. <laughs> okay. All right. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend and have a wonderful Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs>